listening to Girls Gone Wild. This is Joy. And this is Claire. <laughs> this is episode 262. This episode is sponsored by a new sponsor, the Kettlebell Kitchen. We're so excited. We've been eating our meals for a while now. You guys know that we have been on the search for long and long and far, deep and wide. <laughs> We've been on a mission. We've to been find on a journey. The best prepared meals that will ship to you. And we absolutely love Kettlebell Kitchen. We love that they have a really personalized approach when you go and sign up for your account you can choose um they ask you different questions about your lifestyle about your goals and then they can kind of tailor their the options that they present to you based on kind of the things that you're asking for and looking for um mom sandy gets a particular kick out of that so oh i love that if you think that you'll get a kick out of the things that mom sandy gets a kick out of or if you aspire to be more like mom sandy this is the perfect this is a meal service for you place for you so new customers for kettlebell kitchen can go to kettlebellkitchen.com sign up with code ggw and that will get you 25 dollars off each of your first two orders of 50 dollars or more Pretty dang good deal. Pretty dang good deal. And their food's delicious. I can always tell when I love the prepared meals is I could see myself eating them every like every meal, three meals yeah. a day. I'm like, oh, I could have another one. I could have another one. This is not have, getting old. This is delicious. Yeah. And we've tried some, some a lot of meal services out there. We love some of them. Some of them are we don't love. So as you guys know, as we always talk about, we only promote products and companies that we really believe in. We love the people over at Kettlebell Kitchen. And nice people. They're just nice people. In fact, we love them so much that we're going to be hanging out at the Kettlebell Kitchen booth at the CrossFit Games. So we'll give you guys a lot more details about that once we kind of have our schedule finalized. But you can definitely plan on coming to the Kettlebell Kitchen booth, getting lunch, and hanging out with Joy and Claire for lunch. Yay. So support the podcast by supporting our sponsors. Kettlebell okay. Kitchen. All right. Um, we had a couple of follow-up questions from last week. If we can just keep riding this question train. I, yes, let's. <laughs> Why not? The one thing, and I think I talked about this. I definitely have talked about this in the newsletter. Which, guys, if you didn't know, we oh, have a monthly newsletter. Yeah. By the time you hear this, it will be too late for this month. But too next late. month, girlsknowoutpodcast.com forward slash newsletter. You can get product recommendations we do a book club every week we have all sorts of little tidbits in there and one of the things i talk i've been talking about outtakes even yes we do have some funny selfie outtakes um one of the things that i've been talking about is how i like the summer because since like the crossfit world gets so crazy in the summer we tend to have way fewer interviews and so we get a lot more joy and claire episodes typically Mm -hmm. during the summertime and yeah. In the next couple of weeks, we will have a couple more guests on, but um, it's it's been fun to just have a bunch of Joy and Claire episodes. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. So we keep, uh, we're just, you know, we're trying to keep you guys happy, really, at the end of the day. <laughs> That's why we're here. <laughs> um, I think it was, oh my gosh, I want to I want to say it was someone who went on the trip with us. I just can't remember off the top of my head because I don't have it in front of me, so I'm, I apologize, who had a question that I thought was really cute was, what is your perfect day? Which I can't help but think oh. of the Elle Woods song. Um, I can't help but think day. of in Miss Congeniality when he's like, describe your perfect date. And she's <laughs> like, I think it happens to say April 25th. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. All you need is a light jacket. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a great movie. That's such oh, a great movie. Such a good movie. Um, yeah, like what would your perfect day look like? That's a... Loading, that a great, like a, I, I mean, think that's really I could go answer. so, I could take a whole hour. Yeah. To, let's, let's do it in like, let's abbreviate it. So we won't okay, go. What to, would your perfect morning look like? Perfect morning? Yeah. I already create my perfect morning right now, which is like, I wake up so early and it's just silent and I make coffee and I listen to podcasts or books. I usually like the second I get up, I listen, ugh, Every time I talk about like my life, I'm like, oh, I am getting old. Um, I'm turning into those those old like people's like routines. And I listen to the daily. I love the New York Times daily yeah. podcast um, because they're starting to do more stories, like personal stories, as opposed to just like reporting the news. And then I get up and go work out. So that's kind of like I already create a good morning. Like I love that. I don't think I'd change it. Would that be like if? I don't know. When I like think of sleeping like, in and staying in bed is does not appeal to me. Yeah, but when I think of like my perfect morning, I think of like I'm in Hawaii. Well, sure. I wake up and eat okay, a fresh papaya. Okay, if we're gonna yeah, if we're gonna go I, there, like, go sit then on I the have beach. like 
then I have like you know um, the guys from uh, what's that movie? Uh, what's that like stripper guy movie? <laughs> Magic Mike. Yeah, I have oh. like the guys from Magic Mike, like lifting you up on you know onto like, <laughs> waving you with pom fronds yeah, while you drink your coffee. Yeah. And- feeding me grapes like yeah then that's when you know like that's a, a completely little, like, quick different story. private britney concert yeah then, totally then britney spears we are comes talking in. about perfect morning here yeah right? okay we so don't then, use the word like, perfect lightly we are like really <laughs> dreaming big here i thought we were just like hey just what's a good day for you it's a good day for you uh which britney's uh tour is coming back i saw on her instagram what? yeah did you so, know the spice girls are having a reunion tour no or at least a reunion concert they for sure are well that's amazing yeah that would really be a good like that. girls gone wad meetup for yes. sure. Oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, but I saw on Britney's Instagram that she was her, you know, bringing her oh, tour amazing. back, and so she was dancing with all her dancers. And gosh, oh my gosh, so she's so funny. Hysterical. Somebody tagged us in one oh, of her yeah, things. Oh yeah, that was of, like, so her great. Bringing her boys, her son's milkshakes or something. Yeah. And it was like. I'm not a cool mom. I'm not a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's totally Brittany. She like walks around with her sons wearing like crop tops and booty shorts. Yeah, totally. Love her. So what would your perfect day be? Oh, man. I mean, I think I would wake up and be on the beach in Hawaii. Yeah. With Magic uh, Mike dancers feeding me grapes. I really like waking up when I'm camping. Mm-hmm. And it's like cold outside and there's like a river and you make bacon and it smells nice and you have your puffy jacket on and your hat Mm -hmm. and you're outside and it's like kind of cold but you're like warm still and there's it's just nice out and you can smell the pine trees but wait a minute you like that no britney or like harry potter characters coming to like hang out with you like if i could be at the quidditch world cup and have that experience that would be cool. Yeah. I every day, every year then when we go to the CrossFit Games, I'm like, this is totally how Harry Potter fell to the Quidditch World Cup. Uh. <laughs> That's like, I'm like, this is like this big event. Everyone's coming together. Yeah. They're all so excited. Uh-huh. I was thinking about it's that totally the other insane. day of just like how it feels to be a CrossFit athlete right now. Just few weeks away. Yeah. A games athlete, all, you mean? I mean, huh? A games athlete? Yeah. A games athlete. Like yeah. a, a CrossFit athlete. A games athlete of just like that anticipation of yeah. of how hard you have to work right. for that like whole week. Right, like three weeks out. I'm just like, ah, man. That's yeah. just, uh, anyway, it just blows my mind. I yeah. feel like it, because Not it gets something. more intense every single every year. Every single year, it's so crazy. You think they're going to have rowboats this I year? I really, really hope so, man. So mm-hmm. I've been, as you know, and as some of you guys might know, I've been working a lot with Shane Farmer, who's the dark horse rowing. Mm-hmm. Shane and I are pretty much best friends at this point. Mm-hmm. And, um... I've just been helping him with some of like the back end stuff of his business. And I today was like, Shane, you have to write, you have to like put out some content of like how to survive your first time rowing in a real boat. Yeah. I was like, is that what you call it? Rowing a boat? Rowing in a boat? <laughs> I feel like there's like a more technical Yeah. Term. What did he say? He does not gotten back to me. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's waiting. He, he lives doesn't in know France how to, right now. He doesn't so know how to our respond. emails don't always go back and forth very quickly. Um, yeah, but he might come to the games and hang out with us. Oh. He was like, I don't have a crew to go with this year. And I'm like, uh, yeah, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> Join Claire crew. Um, excuse Duh. me. I can't believe. He was like, yeah, that'd actually be really fun. I was like, you sound so surprised. <laughs> <laughs> How is this not your first instinct? I can't believe that you would dismiss us like that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, I just remember. When we met up with him for dinner in Venice and we mm-hmm. got to the restaurant first and we told the hostess, we were like, this really good looking yeah. guy is going to come oh, in. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that <laughs> was funny. Us. Yeah. <laughs> that was really funny. Yeah, because there wasn't really many people in the restaurant. No, it was and we were like... like <laughs> and we like had made reservations and everything. Yeah. There was like nobody Because we like didn't realize it's yeah. Have Venice. you guys ever done that? I'd love to hear... I feel like I've made had so many experiences in my life where i've made a reservation oh and walked in gosh. and been the only, only person, person there. there and they're like yeah. uh <laughs> you walk right in this way you walk in and you're like reservation yeah. under claire and, and they're, they're like, like okay sit wherever you want yeah. <laughs> like, i'm like okay well thank you for holding the entire restaurant for me <laughs> you really went above and beyond but i appreciate the privacy you're gonna get a good tip <laughs> It's good. It's all good. Yeah. yeah, but it was so funny because we, you know, get there and they're like, okay, you're waiting for one more. And we're like, yes, it's this really good looking guy. <laughs> like he's tall, he's gorgeous. And then he walked in. The host is like looked over at us and we were like, we told you. 
I told you. He's gorgeous. <laughs> <sighs> so dreamy. Dreamy, I think is the word we used. Dreamy. He's really, tall, really dreamy, dreamy guy. I really hope he listens to this episode. He's like, oh, <laughs> I'll tell him. Shane, we talk oh, about you. We go on and on about you. Lord almighty. Oh, no. Anyway. Anyway. Okay. Anything else for your perfect day? Perfect morning. Mm, tacos definitely will be involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A nap. I love yeah. naps a lot. Massage. Uh, good, good chick flicks. Yeah. I mean, really, my favorite thing to do is, like, when we're in Kona, is just go to the beach. Yeah. I love the feeling of getting, like, just baked in the sun and, like, getting really, like, sandy and dirty and then, like, going home and making dinner. and Yeah. That's yeah, nice. It's great. It's a good feeling. And watching the sunset and drinking wine. That's also nice. Yes. Okay. Uh, let's see. So, a couple of quick questions I did want to address before we dive into a couple articles that we wanted to talk about is um, it was an interesting question by Sunshine, which, first of all, Sunshine, how cute are you? Uh, it was, it's an oldie but goodie. It's an oldie but goodie. But she did want to talk about, real quick, uh, when when Brandon was vegan and when I was, was vegan. Oh, like, yeah. what kind of vegan were you? What changed? Why did you stop? And how did it affect your relationship? So I, guess, I think that can go for both of us because Brandon was vegan and I was vegan. And it's been so long um, that Brandon just texted me. <laughs> Weird. Oh, did, did, he didn't text me. Does he, is he wondering where I am? He says, I know you're recording, but Glow season two. Yes! <laughs> That makes me so happy. And he Thanks, actually. Brandon. That's good. It I, means Miles went to bed. Oh, quickly. awesome. <laughs> That's so funny. Glow is such a good show. I have not I seen a single Mark episode. Uh, but have you seen the, the new season of Great British Baking Show? No, I haven't gone there yet. Okay. Because I'm like, Let me know when you're going to watch it because okay. you need to have a PBS membership and I'll give you my login. Oh, perfect. Such a good friend. Um, okay, so really quickly, because we have talked about this in the earlier episodes, but I really appreciate when people ask us questions now because I don't yeah. expect you to go back in our library of episodes no, and listen to all. Like- and listen, I mean, yeah. So um, way back in the day, okay. So this is probably like when we first started the podcast. Yeah, you were still vegan. I was still vegan for like okay. a year. Wow, wow. Okay, so that wasn't that long ago. So the the short of it was like I I had seen Chris Carr on Oprah. And Chris Carr is like kind of one of the leaders of the vegan movement, like, I don't know, six or seven years ago. She has a really cool story. I highly. She's a like crazy, sexy cancer yes. girl. Yes. Okay. So she was diagnosed with a stage four cancer, and uh, her website is Chris Carr, K R I S C A R R dot com. She's adorable. So just follow her on Instagram and all social media because she's like one of the brightest lights in the world. And uh, she was diagnosed with stage four cancer, and I was just very taken by her story i remember seeing her on oprah and it was all about like when you have a um terminal illness how do you live your life mm-hmm. and uh at the time i was going through some crazy just i was always getting sick as i'm just gonna leave it at that i was always getting sick i always, i just felt shitty i my digestion was in the toilet um i just felt like crap and so she kind of inspired me to just like try plant-based living. So I was like, I'm just going to try this. And it's, and what, how are you eating before? Just, just like standard American, standard diet. American diet. And it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't great. Like I really wasn't paying attention at all, at all. Just probably a lot more processed foods and blah, blah. So, um, I got her books and I read up on it and I just was like, I'm just going to try this. And in hindsight, looking back, I was so just uneducated about a lot of things. So it was one of these like first efforts to really quote unquote and I hate using this but it's kind of what it was is clean up my diet um and I had I mean it, it if anything looking back it made me just mindful of what I was eating and for that I'm really thankful but I think Michael Pollan puts it best is that you should just be aware of where your food's coming from but I don't think there's like one way that you should follow when you say that you like didn't have you know didn't have all the information or were doing it however you just worded that. Um, do you mean that you would have done veganism differently or you maybe wouldn't have become a vegan? Um, I think, I think knowing what I know now, I think I would just take a more well-rounded approach. Like I don't think I would be like full on vegan or vegetarian just because knowing what I know now, (laughs) 
even I, and I'm quoting Michael Pollan right now because I just heard him on uh, Super Bowl, Super Soul Sunday, and he just Oprah. Oprah, again. I know, I know. <laughs> she, all she, she, it all Oprah. comes back who, to who Oprah. Who is Oprah interviewing right now? That's I, what Joy believes. Yeah, always. I know. <laughs> like. Chris <laughs> but now Michael Pollan was an Oprah and that's who I would leave. <laughs> now I totally believe him. No, but he, he put it so well. He said e- moderation, even yeah. in moderation. So like even do moderation in moderation. Like yeah. don't just don't jump on any huge bandwagon um, and just cook real food and eat real food. And so I, I, uh, in hindsight, I think that that's what I'm talking about. It's like, I wouldn't have just jumped on one way of eating, but it was my gateway to learning more about food and just yeah. being mindful about food in the first place. Um, I can kind of speak for Brandon. I didn't really know Brandon when he was a vegan. By the time I met him, I don't even think he was a vegetarian. Maybe he had just started eating meat again, or maybe he was a vegetarian. He's definitely not now. But when he was vegan, he always tells this story about how he had been vegetarian for a long time and decided to like jump into veganism. Brandon was also like a pretty seriously practicing Buddhist in college. So that I really like went along with that. Mm -hmm. And he decided he just wanted to be like more environmentally mindful and like being a vegan kind of went along with that. And then after about a, first of all, Brandon is six feet tall and he weighed 145 pounds when he was a vegan. So he was really struggling to get enough calories. Yeah. And I'm not saying that if you are a vegan, you can't get the right kind of calories. But for him, he just wasn't doing it in a way where he was getting the nutrition that he needed. Right. Second of all, he always tells the story that like one day he was sitting there and it's like the dead of winter in Milwaukee where he went to school and it's, you know, like Arctic winter outside and he's eating this salad and he looks at the packages and he realizes like the lettuce is from South America. The tomatoes are from Israel. The cucumbers are from, you know, Central America. Like he was like, if I'm really trying to eat environmentally conscious, like I should be eating sausage and potatoes right now, not this salad that has flown thousands of miles to get to me. And I think that's what I meant a little bit more about my question of like, would you have done veganism differently? Oh. And he talks about that where he's like, if I could go back and do it again, I don't know that he, same kind of thing, knowing what he knows, how living life he lives now. First of all, cooking meat is Brandon's favorite thing to do right Right. now. So I don't know that he would go back (laughs) to being a vegan. Yeah. He just loves the process. But if he were to go back to being a vegan, I know he would do it a lot more, a lot differently um, just in being a lot more mindful of still trying to eat seasonally and still trying to get, um, eat more real foods. Cause he also was the type of vegan who, who was like, well, Oreos are vegan. Yeah. Like, you know, like and it's like cupcake mm. vegan. Or, right. Yeah. And like, that's not healthy either. Yeah. So I don't know. And he had some other, <laughs> like he would just eat like tubs of hummus. And, like, well, that's the thing is you kind of get restricted to the, I, I think the beauty of food is eating a variety of foods yeah. and shifting different types of foods based on seasons. And so I think that, um, that can limit it sometimes, but Hey, if that's your lifestyle, please, by all means, I don't think there's a wrong way. It's just, no, for I don't me, so I, it works well for me to have a more well-rounded approach and, uh, to at least know where your food comes from, be educated about food. I think that's very important. Uh, and then the last question she had was how did it, uh, work or if, how did it work in your relationship or how did it affect your relationship? And to be honest, it was not great on our relationship. It was, it felt really, again, I'm speaking from like six, seven years ago uh, when it started uh, or even more than that is uh, it, it really isolated me and it kind of put me in this category of, well, what is there for you to eat? Like no matter where we went is like, do you have, is there something that joy can eat? And it became this big thing. And it's like, while I was, trying to fit in and be like, okay, don't worry about me. I also would go there and be like, well, there's nothing for me to eat here. So I'm like chips and salsa. And so that started to not feel good either. And while I could have just continued to make it work, it was like, I just don't want to. Like, it just felt like Scott and I were already in a place where we're like, okay, we're trying to like start our marriage. We were like fairly new and in getting married. And, and I had this kind of like thing that we had to tend to, and it just wasn't, it wasn't healthy for us at the time. Yeah. And so it really kind of excluded us from like making meals together. And, uh, and that was a big piece of it too, that once I, you know, transitioned out of being vegan, I was like, Oh, that just feels so much better for our relationship. Like we don't have to worry about this. Yeah. Like meals are a big deal, totally. you know, like you sit down and you eat together and you make meals together. And like, that was just something that was kind of, uh, not great for us. Again, just didn't work for us. And we decided yeah. like once it was over, it was like, all right, cool. We're not doing this anymore. Yeah. I really can't be 
speak for Brandon for that. Yeah. I think, you know, when he was in college, everything was different. But I will say that, like, to this day, and even now, Brandon and I, you know, like, we still try new things with our diet all the time. And kind of like the quintessential question that his family asks us anytime we come back to visit is like, what type of milk are you drinking? Like that seems to be like, you know, it's like, well, for a while he was drinking soy milk. Well, then we went paleo, so no more soy. Now we're drinking almond milk. Well, now we're off of almond milk and we're back on a dairy, but it has to be whole whole dairy milk. Like, you know, it's just, yeah. it's just funny because it's like... Depending on what diet it is. It just feels <laughs> like what kind of milk do, do you drink is like the litmus test. Yeah, like, like what, what diet, diet are you doing? doing? Yeah, it's like... <laughs> oh, it doesn't matter. It's like, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> That's really funny. That's a good kind of like blast from the past question. I really did <laughs> like that. Okay. And then really quick, Crystal asked, actually, this probably isn't going to be quick, but I like this question, Crystal. Okay. Uh, she said, I, as I'm listening, she was listening to some old episodes and she says, as I'm listening, I hear you both answer lots of questions about how to deal with friends, coworkers, et cetera, who might judge your healthy lifestyle. However, what do you do when the opposite happens? How do you deal with people who pass judgment when you do indulge? I try not to talk about my diet or exercise habits because they're mine and shouldn't concern anyone else, but I've had people get super weird when I have a brownie or some chocolate in the office. <laughs> How do you get people to mind their own dang business? Pretty much the same way as if they're like... if Yeah, I would treat it the same way, yeah. which is just like, it's not their business. It's really You are so not, right. Yeah. If they are judging you, that is the reflection of something that's going on with them that they are, you know, I don't know. People I, have such weird judgments about foods. Such like, weird judgments about yeah. foods. And I feel like people get so caught up in their own habits of like, well, you know, like if they're restricting so much or whatever, or, you know, if they're living so strictly that they're passing judgment on you for having a brownie or whatnot. Yeah. Probably what's going on in the back of their mind is like, well, if I have to be this strict, everyone else should have to be this strict too. Or like, well, if you know, no, being strict is the white is the right way to be. Like they're trying to convince themselves right. that you cannot color outside the lines ever. And as we all know, you can and should. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just really funny like that. And I, I, it, when I hear questions like that too, it makes me really grateful that I've, uh, I don't really feel that way anymore. Like I don't feel that there's people around me that, uh, make judgments about food, but there's certain things like in, in work situations, you can't really escape that. But I think for the most part, is when you when you bump up against that it's kind of like that is absolutely 100% their stuff and it also just reiterates that like food is so dang emotional food is so emotional like yeah. no matter you, you just can't escape it so make a joke about it be light about it it's just you know live your damn life it's fine and I think too like who whoever you are out there listening whatever your dietary preferences are can we all just agree live and let live yeah like there are very few things that should concern you enough unless you are dealing with somebody in your life who like is just truly disordered or self-destructive eating habits just live and let live yeah well it's really funny because I uh when I was reading that question too I was thinking about like when I bring my I bring my lunch to work almost every single day and sometimes it's not cute sometimes I'm right. like throwing crap together last minute just to bring something and uh I, there's a psychiatrist at the at my office who legit during meetings will just eat tuna out of a can, oh. and <laughs> oh god, and and that should be illegal. And I don't judge him. But and it I smells don't, so bad. It does, but I don't judge him. And I'm like that to me is like that's bold and ballsy to just be like in a meeting, just like <laughs> pop open a can of tuna. Oh my gosh. And I'm just like you go and. And then, but then I worry about like my lunch, like offending people. It's just like, so no, funny. That guy's I'm like, just actually, straight tuna in just, the middle of, and oh he's my gosh. fine. <laughs> oh my gosh. I would draw the line at that point. When I was pregnant with Miles, I remember I had a, I was in summer school and it was like this pretty long class and somebody would always bring like Subway sandwiches and they always smelled like onions. And I'd be like, who is eating onions? Why? Why? Be aware of the smells that you make yeah like in especially in a work environment yes. and I try to be mindful of that like if I bring something like super smelly right. I like shut my door and eat the lunch and I'm like I hope no one's can smell this like sauerkraut or whatever yeah when I was working in a cubicle I would if I like had broccoli I just wouldn't heat it up I wonder what people have to deal with in their offices Everything. Oh gosh, I wonder so like really smelly foods Ugh. I mean Something that's always delicious is when people like someone makes popcorn and everyone walks down the okay that's except my favorite life. I had there was Who's about, making popcorn? Someone's my, making popcorn. Like, except when they burn it. Then they, oh, you have to smell like burn popcorn. Yeah. So at my very, very first that office. That is a bad smell. At my very first office job ever, 
there was this like entire Indian family who all worked there, like like many sisters and brothers, mm-hmm. and they would all every single day bring in like a family style Indian meal, and they'd sit in like the kitchen together. There were literally probably like six people who were all related, and they all got in on this, and they would just sit there and eat this huge full Indian spread of homemade Indian food. And it looked amazing, but it's the entire office smelled like Indian food all day, every day. Yeah. And it was just like, like can you <laughs> maybe just do like family meal Tuesdays? Right. <laughs> Does it have to be every day? Like, I appreciate what you're going for. And like, I really commend you for oh, making this happen. So great. But like the whole office <laughs> building smells like Indian food now. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay. Well, I, this is yeah. funny. Somebody just left okay. this comment. So yeah. this is from Kate, uh-huh. who she all, she's like, she's in our Facebook group and she always is the person who's like, Oh, let me tell you about what oh, geysers are. Yeah. And she goes, I'm a little behind, but mustard's last stand. Someone else messaged us in, on is Facebook. Is a playoff custard's last stand. Yes. It's not mustard. was not a real person. Yeah. <laughs> Which is also known as the battle of little bighorn between the U S army and the Lakota Sioux in the 1870s. Yeah. The native Americans opened up a can of whoop ass on the U S army and general custer was killed during the battle. Yeah. Okay. There was a gal on Facebook, Facebook Messenger, who wrote the same thing, and she's like, "It's not mustard." And I was like, "Please forgive us. We have a, we do have a hot dog stand in Colorado, yes, in Denver, mustard's called stand. Mustard Last Stand. So please I forgive us." I knew it was us. based on something. <laughs> and if you had told me like Battle of Little Bighorn, I would have been like, "Oh, uh, yes, okay." But somehow I just couldn't make the leap from mustard. To I mean, it's just hot dogs just take over Why my brain. Why would it be Custard's Last Stand, and then they can sell custard? Yeah, yeah. Well, then I was thinking of like Clue, and is, wasn't there like a Professor Mustard or something? Oh, yeah. Um, mustard, Colonel Mustard. Colonel Mustard. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot. <laughs> Maybe that's Did you I... ever see the movie Clue? Uh, oh. Wow, that's a deep memory. So, yeah, I that's think a deep cut right there. Wow. The movie Clue was probably one of my favorite games come to life. Oh, my like, gosh. Is there anything better than something you loved as a child coming to life? Like, that was the best oh feeling gosh, ever. So funny. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> it's Colonel Mustard in the ballroom with the candlestick. Okay. Do, 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 do. Okay. Let's, let's talk about this article. Cause we, I feel like we need a minute. Okay. More than a minute to talk about this. Okay. Uh, so you sent it to me. Yeah. So this is something <laughs> that, what, um, what sparked your interest with this? Steph Goudreau posted it actually. Maybe it wasn't on her social, but like I, I'm just like friends with her in real life on Facebook. It's called the thin ideal. So um, shout out to Steph Goudreau, formerly Stupid Easy Paleo. Yeah. And the author is Laura McMullen. Yeah. Um, this is on Medium. So this was posted in about a month ago in June. So if you haven't read it, we'll post it on our Facebook. But it starts out with a quote from Emily McDowell that says, the patriarchy needs the beauty standard because when we're focused on getting a beach body, we're too busy to think about burning it down. The so, patriarchy needs the beauty standard because when we're focused on getting a beach body, we're too busy to think about burning it down. Yes. So I think, so she then goes on to say, this is the author. The first time I came across this quotation, I read and reread it over and over again. With each read, the resounding truth of these words became increasingly salient. This dynamic as exhausting and suffocating as it is, is played out ubiquitously. Those are some big words. Um, She goes on to say, in society today, there are countless systems that maintain their economic power through perpetuating body shame and oppression. And then she goes on to talk about like Weight Watchers, Instagram fitness models, even people like Jamie Oliver, who really have made their career trying to combat the quote unquote obesity epidemic. Yeah. And as I was reading this, because so basically it is talking about this too, of like how this beauty standard came to be. And oh my gosh, I mean, this just goes back. Yeah. This, I mean... Because if we want to really, 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 really get dig deep with this, it's like this has always existed. Yeah. So, so we. So how do you, how do you fight against something that is has always existed? It's there. Like. So she so she goes on to say much further down. What is considered quote healthy is inextricably interwoven with racist, ableist, sexist, transphobic, classist, fatphobic, and ageist beliefs. The image of wellness that is most consistently presented to us is a young, cisgender, white, able-bodied person. This is what we have been taught, and this is what we must unlearn. And I think, like, when I'm reading this, I'm thinking, okay, I'm white. I'm cisgender. I am able-bodied. I am relatively healthy, all things considered. I have never been considered overweight or obese. Like, it's this is kind of one of those things where it's like, 
And I think that more and more I'm being faced with this and more and more I think a lot of people are being faced with this where you recognize that there's a problem, but you're like, well, I fall into the category of people who, like the category of people with this privilege. Mm -hmm. And so how can I be aware that this exists while also being aware that like I am in this category? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so how can you inhabit both spaces of like, well, I want to advocate for saying, no, this is not the ideal but at the same time being like, but I also, like, that describes me. Right. Well, I, yeah. And I, so I think it's kind of like what we, what you put out there and what you're advocating for, right? Because just because you may fall into that category of, like, what the ideal is, doesn't mean that you're preaching that this is the ideal. Right. It's So I kind of equate it to, like, how we kind of bagged on Tracy Anderson last week of how it's like... <sighs> you know, what she stands for is perpetuating this unrealistic expectation. Um, the other thing that that was really bothering me and has been bothering me is like uh, the focus on the female aesthetic. I don't think that's ever going to go away. No. Like I just, like we can't fight City Hall on that one. Like when it comes down to it, that is seen as a beautiful specimen and we like to look at beautiful photos and sometimes the airbrush photos are like that just looks pretty like yeah you, you know social studies are done on babies who see faces that are like more attractive to them it's like well and i think when did we talk about this where it was like was it another article was it somebody we interviewed who at some point we've talked about how the beauty standard has been around for as long as humans have been around. Yes. Whether you go back to ancient Egyptian culture, whether you go back, you know, who knows right. if cavemen had a beauty standard. But there, regardless of what the beauty standard is, there has always been a look that has been more right. desirable than other looks. Right. Right. At, every, at any point in any culture, yeah. in human culture. Yeah. So it's an interesting thing to me because I think about this too. And I... Uh, like uh, I heard this on another podcast. I'm not going to out the podcast because I, I don't want to be me. I like love them, but it just was kind of disheartening to hear them talk about this is like the, um, you know, so they took away the bikini competition and the Miss America con contest or pageant, what have you. And uh, the hosts are males <laughs> and they were we like, <laughs> and they were like, why would they take that away? Like, that's the only thing. Like, then people aren't going to watch it. And part of me was like, oh, I'm so frustrated that you're perpetuating this. But part I, of me is like, and it's kind of, there's part of it that's but true. Maybe if that was the only reason people were watching it, then they should just stop doing it. Like, yeah, if you're only I mean, watching this to watch, like, 20-something so, girls walk around in bikinis, yeah, I mean, that's it, creepy it, it AF. Is, yeah, it's creepy AF. And, it par <laughs> like, part of me, like, I was it, I was furious listening to that because I was like, okay, like, you're just, okay, then we're back to objectifying women. Great. Like, right. but then there's a part of me that's like, and, uh, oh, I, I feel like I'm talking in circles, but, like, and these women elect to do this, and they, like, perhaps they enjoy it. But then I, but then I get annoyed because I'm like, but then do they really enjoy it? Right. Like, do are they, they really like to do they really this? Like, to, uh, like are, it's almost like, are they asking for it type of thing? Like, right. That's yeah. Like, that's, I come like, back to where it's I like, don't know if that's the, the case. Just like, like, it's like the women who like, huh. I don't know. It's like sometimes, you know, women who, I remember reading this tweet of this girl who was like, Here's a radical thing. I went on a run today. A guy cat called me. I turned the other cheek and didn't say anything about it. Whoa, big, you know, big whoop. And it was somebody had, had like responded to the tweet that said, reminder that not everyone wants to be free and some people will brag about how they wear their shackles. Huh. And it was just like, I think that's kind of an extreme example when we're talking about like bikini competition. Yeah, yeah. But it does make you think like some people just because you maybe as an individual don't think don't have a particular problem with it doesn't mean that systemically it's not a problem uh, okay yes okay so i agree with that because that's where i struggle with i'm like i i had a my initial reaction to that was like why like we're just putting them back into the same spot like we're, right. we're, we're putting women back into that same category of like we're just we want to look at them right um 
And I think it's just like, okay, yeah. So the time that we are in right now, especially is like women need to feel empowered and not that we are just our bodies. So I feel like whether or not people agree or disagree with like the, you know, the bathing suit competition being taken out of the Miss America pageant um, is, I think it's a statement and that is more important. A statement right. of like we need to move away from just judging this. people literally by their bodies, <laughs> literally by their bodies. Yeah. And I think that that's hopefully kind of what it's standing for is like, right. okay, there's no other way that you can see this at other than a literal judging of someone by their physical appearance. Right. So we're and we've made a conscious choice that we're going to move away from that. It, and I think the the point with all of this too is like I was saying earlier is that beauty and aesthetics is not going to go away right because it just is something that people gravitate towards people like to look at beautiful things people whatever and so i think but the more we make statements towards and we are more than just bodies the better that i think we're going to like tip the scales and i also think like you know when you when i talk about or when we talk about at every point in the past, you can look at any human culture and say there's always been a beauty standard, there's always yeah. been a beauty ideal, but it's always been different. And I think that's really more of the hope. I would like that to be more the conversation of, okay, we've had this very narrow beauty ideal now for the last 30 years, you know, 30, I don't know, how long is 50 years maybe that, mm-hmm. that kind of like tall, skinny for our, you know, both of our entire lifetimes and probably most people who are listening to this all of their lifetimes, that has been the beauty standard. How do we expand what the beauty standard actually is? Right. So that the next generation can look at multiple different ranges and say, okay, that's beautiful. Okay, that's beautiful. Okay, that's also beautiful. Versus like, unless you are this one thing, then you like yeah you know everybody's beautiful in their own way but like we all know what the standard is yes how can we get away from that right i agree with that okay but i think more so this um it makes me think a lot well and this article i think was a little bit more talking about healthy like what does it mean to be healthy what does it mean you know because in a lot of ways the beauty industry has shifted because they know people don't anymore want to be marketed to that didn't make sense. Don't want to be marketed to anymore as like, don't you want to be pretty? Now it's like, oh, you want to be healthy. Okay, well, in that case, let's just shift what we're saying. Like, okay, come over here, do this cleanse. Because now we know everybody just care. You know, healthy is the new skinny. So yeah. instead, just like here's all the ways you can be healthy. But FYI, this is still the one thing that healthy looks like, and it's a 23 year old in a Brazilian bikini doing yoga in Bali, you know, with like a green juice and like a (laughs) ironic pool float. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, and like, well, I think the, the, the tone it up girl, right. right. Who don't get me wrong. We love the tone it up girls. We love them so much. But that's what I mean is like, that's now just the new standard. Right. Uh, And it's just as unattainable as anything. Yes. And looking at all of this, I, you know, what makes me think a lot about, um, I think I struggle with even the diet culture kind of moving towards, okay, let's not focus on diet. Let's, you know, make sure that we're focusing on empowerment. I, I almost feel like it's just, we're, we're just shifting our focus. Like we're just shifting our addictions. And if we can do more, that is just (laughs) shifting the focus away from all of that, the better off we'll be. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter the diet culture could shift to be empower yourself, do this, you know, don't, you're more than just there your body. There would still be a right or wrong way to do it. There's still a right or wrong way and we're still focusing on our bodies. Right. And so I feel like it's just like masking it now. So instead of being like, okay, we're not diet and we're not exercise, but we are this now. And it's like, we have to pick a camp. And I feel like we're almost just, just shifting our addiction and it's still a focus on our body. It's just like in a different mass. The bucket we're looking at is still the body bucket. Still the body bucket. Yeah. And so it doesn't matter what that is that we're choosing to focus on. We're still focusing on our bodies. And I think that's what really bothers me is I'm like, yeah, it's great. And all like, I love body positivity, but we're still focused on our bodies. (laughs) And like, so why can't we, you know, like with anything, I look at, anything in life, whether it be a conflict, a relationship, something that's really bugging you, if you're in the arena and it's you're like stepping in with it, you're in a fight. 
So you got to take yourself out of the arena, like out of the boxing ring, and then there's no fight. So that's kind of what I'm like looking at this whole piece of, okay, it's great. I'm all for empowering women, but can we, can we just focus on 100% a completely different canvas? Or just focus on a combination of things. Like I think your body sure. can totally be part of the equation, but like what else defines you? You know, how many times It should have be we... a blip on the radar yeah. of who you are, a blip. And that is what I've been struggling mo- the most with is like, I really put a lot of stock into that. And like all the emails we're getting and people being like, yeah, I put so much focus on diet and exercise. Right. And like now that I can like skip a workout and not feel guilty. I mean, that's to me, that's like awesome. Yeah. You're spending time with your family. Like yeah. put your, put focus on things that have hundred percent nothing to do with your body. So I've been watching a lot of Queer Eye. Yeah. Um, you all should be watching. I love this shift, by the way. And this is going to come full circle. And they had somebody on who they were trans and part, and they're like, like basically the only part of their identity they focused on was this trans part. And they were, and the thing they kept saying, and this is where it's, I'm coming, bringing it back around was that is one pillar of the house of this person. Not, it's not the entire thing. So, you know, what other things are holding up your foundation? That's an important thing. And if you take it away, your foundation might, you're going to feel like your foundation might crumble, but that's not all there is. Yeah. I think that's how we can look at our bodies is like your body. And like, we all want to look in the mirror and see someone who recognizes ourselves. Right. And I think that's ultimately how I've come to define body image or body positivity or being happy with your body is like when you look in the mirror do you see yourself and if the answer is no then like do what you need to do you know whether that's get a haircut get a tattoo get a new outfit go you know gain some weight lose some weight I mean you've even been in a position where you were so lean that you didn't feel that way so it goes Mm -hmm, both ways mm -hmm. and it's not just physical like looking in the mirror and seeing yourself is hugely mental um and hugely emotional also and so but that even still that experience of being able to look in the mirror and say i i see the person who i think i am staring back at me like i you know see myself i see who i want to be mm-hmm. I, like i recognize that as claire or as joy or as whoever that's still just one pillar. Yes. Like, and I think that when I was, when I posted that post a couple weeks ago about like, I give myself permission to not be lean. Yes. A huge part of that came from like, I just can't care about it all the time anymore. I just can't think about it all the time. Like there's other stuff in my life and I, I don't even want to qualify it as like, well, you know, I had a baby. Like I, you know, because there's a million things. And I think I even said that, like I never want to qualify anything about my body having to do with being pregnant mm-hmm. and having been pregnant and have having gone through things that I went through because I think that first of all that can feel very disqualifying for a lot of people who have not had that experience but also because it's like even if I had or hadn't had that experience I would still hope that I would feel this way yes where it's like I just don't there's just not enough like thing you know there's not enough how do I put this without using the f word I don't <laughs> I don't have enough f's to give yeah like <laughs> If I lay all my Fs in a pile, I don't want to put them all in that category right. anymore. Yeah. And I think that's what it comes down to is like there's more pillars. Yes. Now in my, that I'm focusing on than just like the body pillar. Yeah, exactly. I used to draw with patience. I'd draw like a huge circle. I'm pretty sure I've used this analogy before. And I'd be like, all right, you're the dot in the middle, right? Mm-hmm. And there's all these things that like you accumulate over your life. So there's like a big circle and then there's a little circle and you're the little circle in the middle. And on the like outside, a giant donut. yeah, like a giant donut. Exactly. What are the sprinkles on your donut? So exactly. <laughs> so the sprinkles on your donut are all the things that you accumulate over your life. It's a great visual because I was having a hard time explaining it to people <laughs> on the podcast. And so you accumulate like whether it be a car accident, a death in the family, um, you know, something traumatic that happens to you as a child. And so you start adding all these like little sprinkles into your life and people get very kind of downer sprinkles. Yeah, they're, it's OK, because eventually <laughs> we learn that the sprinkles don't define us. We, we are not our sprinkles. Without the sprinkles, you're still a donut. You are still a lovely donut. You may even be like Bavarian cream or whatever. Um, Is that a kind of donut? Yeah, I used Bavarian to love cream. Well, I used to love the cream-filled donuts. Oh. Yeah, 
with no donut holes. They were just, yeah. Got anyway. it. So more of like a bear, more of like a bear claw. Sure. With sprinkles on that too. Um, but, oh but that just doesn't, def- that's not who we are. It's what happened to us. Right. So we really have to, we really have to kind of disconnect from that. And oh, I know this is a lot of heavy I'm really topic. i to take that analogy and run with it. It's great. You're still a donut even without your sprinkles. 100%. Yeah. I mean, even though sprinkles are delicious and sprinkles like like sprinkles sprinkles add to your life sometimes, but sometimes they're not great. And sometimes they like break your teeth. Sometimes they they don't go with the rest of the flavor. Sometimes you're like, you know, this apple cider donut just doesn't sprinkles don't add anything to it. Doesn't add anything to it. It's great just the way it is. Right. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) on that very (laughs) wonderful. You are not, you're more than just your sprinkles. Mm -hmm. Everyone. Everyone. Shout it wherever you are right now. Uh, especially if you're like on the bus or yeah, on the train. Especially if you're in a public place. I am not. Like Jerry Maguire it. <laughs> it's a mission statement. I'm show taking me, the fish. Show me the sprinkles. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. So uh, I had one more thing that I was going to ask okay. you. And I forgot. <laughs> oh, no. That's right. It probably wasn't that important. No, it really was. And it's going to drive me nuts because. Um, Did it have to? Ooh. So, okay. So, okay. Okay. On the, we'll end with this because I thought this was a really, I don't know where I got this today, but I was like, this is a great question. Um, Because everyone, everyone in life needs encouragement. And I think that a lot of times people like have a hard time asking for help. So do you ever feel like when you start something or whether it be like workouts, I don't know, projects, do you have things that help you when you feel like quitting? I like this question because it's like, it's not about like, oh, I just text my friend for encouragement like are there things that you do I that do like that that was gonna be my answer well that's fine that's totally fine like if it's friends that you text, I just texted but, you and Jess yeah I mean that's very yes I I understand that but I the, the reason I thought about that was like yeah I mean everyone needs to have something in their life or someone is like yeah. when you feel like quitting like what is your go-to um, I don't know what mine is like I really feel like I'll probably talk to Scott about something like if I'm like, oh, should I do this or, or if you, it's it's more of like the quitting thing. It's not a decision of like, should you do yeah, something? Yeah, like you've already said you're gonna do it. And yeah, now you don't but you're like, now I don't want to go through it. Like, um, I've been having a lot of like inner dialogue <laughs> conversations with myself about running because I'm like, I don't want right, to do this. But you know, the the great Aptive app is like talking me through it. So I'm like consulting a person I don't even know, which is like this app. <laughs> um, you know, things like that where. I would love to hear people, people's either like mantras or people they talk to or like who you turn to or what you turn to. I would say I go, I spend a lot of time like seeking out like blogs or not as much podcasts, but Instagram accounts or something of mm-hmm. people who are doing what I want to do. Yeah. And that inspires me to like, because I think anytime you're getting started, any something new, it can be really hard and you can just feel like there's just no forest for the trees. Like yeah. every little decision is like, oh, like why even bother? Right. And so if I can see or read about people who are further along down the line, even just like things like how the, how I built this podcast, like sure. anything where I can hear about people being honest, I would say any, anybody that I can talk to or listen to or read about who has had an experience of like wanting to quit and move and continue to move forward, even yeah. if it's not the exact same yeah. circumstance that makes me feel like, okay, I think the biggest thing that I need to hear when I feel like quitting is that feeling like quitting is a totally normal human experience yes. and it's what you do yeah. with that impulse because sometimes just the feeling of like, I want to quit will already make me feel like, well, I'm a failure. Mm-hmm. Like if I, you know, people don't want to quit people, you know, wake up in the morning and they just want to grind and they just want to like, you know, it's not, yeah. I always feel like there's everyone else out there has like this unlimited you know, right. amount motivation of positivity and like, motivation. Yeah. And I'm like, that's just not the Drive. case. It's right. really not the case. And so anytime I hear somebody who I think is successful, look back and have them say like, I really wanted to quit. And you know, my friend pulled me up by my bootstraps or then I got this one phone call or, you know, it was like, I was so close to quitting. And then I, for some reason I just didn't. Right. And I, you know, I just kept taking one small step. It makes me, it just like normalizes that experience for me. It makes me feel like, okay, other people can get through this. I'll get through this. Right. The, The very act of wanting to quit does not already make me a loser. Right. Exactly. And I always look at patterns of behavior. So if I notice, like, I'll just take a kind of shallow example, but like if I'm doing a CrossFit workout, 
or right now training for the marathon, or like officially starting to train, my initial reaction almost always is, I don't really have to do this, or I don't, I, maybe I'll just do half of it. I always want to half-ass it. And I'm like, that's my pattern. So knowing that, I go, all right, that's the thing you do, and you know that you can do this, and it's just you're trying to talk yourself out of it. And that's kind of like my go-to. So if I'm noticing that pattern, I'll go, all right, that's the thing you do when you don't, when you like mentally want to check out and not do it or make up an excuse. Um, yeah, so it's just kind of funny how you just shove her. Get away. Aren't you, aren't you, you a mean cat? Yeah, she's mean. Sorry. The mean cat the is The mean cat me. is, she's like. What do I do? When a bee buzzes by you and you're like. <laughs> except I don't get that way about bees. No. Just about your mean cat. I've always wanted to do like a, I don't know how I would make this work, but I've always wanted to have like a Monday morning like roundup, uh, like huddle of friends just like facebook encouragement group just like monday morning like the monday morning encouragement group like or i just like <laughs> the monday morning realness group of like i just like i, I need something this, yeah i'm doing it anyway yeah totally yeah. so all right. all right um i think that's it for this week we want to make sure you guys are uh getting on the camp timeout train because that is coming up very so soon. soon so you can go to camp timeout and sign up for the colorado trip we have such a good turnout so far. I'm really excited. Yeah. So please, if you're kind of on the fence and, you know, we've said before, if you, you're coming with a couple or you're coming with friends or you're coming solo, it really doesn't matter. Just you will have you're going to have there so much for fun, something for everyone. And thank you to everyone who's messaged us so far that you're like, I'm signing up. I'm coming to meet you guys. Uh, that's going to be really exciting. Yes. So, and don't uh, forget, go to Cuddleball Kitchen, use code GGW. That'll get you $25 off your first two orders of $50 or more. We will keep you guys posted about what time and when and where you can meet us at the games at the Cuddleball Kitchen booth. And we're just so excited. Thank you for supporting the podcast. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.